back another podcast producer dude are you get are you beginning to like these i've always liked them oh okay they're they're, they're uh they're long but uh depends on how well you do i guess right i like them okay how well you listen (laughs) we're not off to a good start so here's the deal we've had a kind of an eclectic mix you know we've had industry gurus we've had female kayak anglers we've had like hardcore guides we've had literally angling legends and kind of everything between some of these guys are my friends sometimes i don't even know them uh, we had like natty welch that's a great podcast i thought you know the mm-hmm. photographer talking about his time you know with tom petty and some really introspective things Sweet. and then um marshall yonda was like, yeah marshall yonda was different i don't know what your favorite was i probably don't say because it'll get somebody mad but i, I kind of like them all oh here we go politician well here's a little different we've got isaac lockich I'm not even sure if I said his name right, but all I do know is this kid's catching fish. He's kind of setting, he, he's, he's taken, uh, taken interest. Okay. Cause people are, are like, they want to know what's this kid doing. Right. So he's using a lot of different tactics and things. We're going to talk about a little of this and really the big thing, you know, the business sense people right now want to love, like how, how do you get jumping into the fishing business? And we've had some old school dudes in there and here's a young guy and he's trying to make it. And he's literally like, this is his first year jumping in. So it's going to be interesting to hear, you know, Again, I did that, but it's been a long time. Long ago. time, yeah. You're becoming like the graybeard. I am the old man. I want to point out too, I, I your your reverse raccoon eyes from being on the water today. Yeah, that's so, nothing new. So yeah, I know I've Isaac seen, may be new, but that's we've this seen is other, nothing new. We've seen other podcasts with that too, but I I laugh every time. So we're gonna try to break him out of his shell because he's kind of he's kind of a quiet guy. You know, you know, I'm you know I'm sometimes aggressive. I've heard. You think assertive, assertive, assertive. Thank you. That's so. You know, sometimes I feel like we're soften. Gonna, we're we're gonna soften the word a little bit. And, and you're gonna be sometimes I feel like you're just you know you're violent towards me, and other times I feel like you're you're part of, you're you're my teammate. Or or am I just messing with you? You, know, you? you just never really know. I think I'm done with this. Let's bring on Isaac and let's find out what it's like for a young kid right now who's whooping people's butts, but yet to make that and he's quitting his job. Um, I don't know a whole lot about what's going on, so he's going to tell us. And he is absolutely, I think he's won team of the year. He won uh, an 18 and 19 in the MWC. And then he went and I think he won the AIM championship last year. So, I mean, he's, I mean, he's got a resume in a short amount of time, 20 some year old kid. And I'm interested to hear it, to be honest with you, because I honestly don't know a whole lot about him. All right, let's bring him on. Isaac, welcome to the Big Water Podcast. Thanks for giving us your time. No problem, Ross. How you doing today? I wouldn't complain, but producer dude over here, he's the guy you'll hear every now and then that tries to keep me on track, which he's done a poor job of the last decade plus. But um, nevertheless, I, I was fishing this morning. I got a 13 today. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my guys there got a 14-1 yesterday. So that was I, I saw that one on social media. That's, that's a pig, man. How, how long do those fish measure? Um, the biggest one was 32. The other one was 31. Oh my God. But the girth is just, honestly, the, the first one there, I thought that was like state record deal. Cause the girth was as big as I caught a 15 one a few years ago. And, um, well, more than a few now, but, and that one, I thought I, I had the state record cause they just, they're just different. They just don't look right when they get right, that size. Right. But, Got that freak freak level going on kind of thing. That's awesome, man. But yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. Weather was cooperating, which it won't tomorrow. But so tell us a little bit, Isaac 
Lockage, right? Is that it's bad yeah. if you, especially you get you Wisconsin guys? I love making fun of Wisconsin people. Well, I mean, I mean, I've been fishing my whole life. I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, you know, outdoors is you know kind of blood bred bred into us here. Um, my dad and my grandfather got me into it at a really young age. I mean, I remember. I mean, some of my earliest memories were being on the dock at my grandparents' house, or you know, in the boat with my dad and my grandpa fishing the walleye runs in the spring, kind of thing. So. You know, I've been doing it for dang well near my entire life. Uh, there's pictures of actually of me and my dad's backpack when I was like eight months old in Yellowstone fly fishing with him. So like, I, you know, born and raised to do this and then, uh, you know, started doing, you know, small little kids derby stuff as, you know, as I grew up and had the opportunities, you know, whenever we were at around uh you know there's a quarry around here that had like a, a kids weekend where it was always like they made little competitions out of it so started started doing that and did some ice derbies and got into high school did some you know bass stuff some musky stuff and then slowly here i kind of found my niche in the walleye world and uh yeah the last five six years now i've just been really really focusing all my time and energy on chasing big walleyes across the country so can't complain about that too much yeah i mean i've made no fact i'm always giving cheeseheads hard time and you're going to be no exception but there's That's a lot funny. of guys i mean you know like tom keenan's a friend of mine who's one of the all-time money winners you know he's from kind of north central if you will um dean R. Yep. olson you know in appleton there's He's top couple all-time money winners. You got Shakurit. I mean, there's there's a long list of dudes, and then you could even go farther back with some of the older school guys. But you know, more recently, Sprangle is one of the younger guns. You're kind of fitting in there. I mean, in all honesty, I just love busting guys' chops about like because I hate little Winnebago so much. But is it? Do you think a lot of those guys from that area are good fishermen because they have to fish in just such grinding conditions on so many bodies of water? Yeah, is that I, fair? I mean so it, you know we've said it a million times you know between our friends group and stuff it's it's probably one of the most difficult bodies of water to find any sort of consistency on in any way shape or form so like guys that can figure out that system it seems like when they go other places in the country it just kind of clicks easier um winnebago is one of those places where i mean you you've got really two technically almost three or four different river systems almost uh kind of working through that you know whether it's the upper rivers the fox and the wolf or you know the river right through downtown oshkosh or even the rivers on the north end of the lake like the nina and the menasha so like you know you got all these different you know areas and then you have the lake stuff so you got you know winnebago itself is 60 something miles long by 20 miles wide or whatever it is and you know massive body of water mainly pretty much structureless a lot of 20 feet of mud which makes it you know really tough to try to locate fish in that vast you know emptiness of nothing um but then there's still a ton of rock structure and weeds and you know just anything you want to fish on bago you can kind of pick your poison and go and do it and you know, to, to figure it out on a day-to-day -day basis, year to year, it's difficult. It, it definitely, it tests you. It makes you, you know, you, there's a lot of days where you're making decisions not based on what you did in practice or pre-fish or anything like that. And you're just doing it off of gut instinct, past experiences. You know, you got 
you know, a certain wind direction or, you know, sun, clouds, whatever. You make decisions sometimes based off of just what you know, not even what you were seeing in practice, just because it, it changes so fast out there. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, some of those guys like Springle, I mean, he grew up over on another super shallow body of water here in Wisconsin, which is Beaver Dam Lake. And, you know, that body of water is tough to fish. I mean, I've been out there probably five times trying to target walleyes and I have not caught a walleye doing it. Like it is difficult. It's hard. You know, when you get these shallow bodies of water, it's, it's not simple. I mean, these walleyes will go up into six inches of water and that's just not something that a lot of us are used to. So yeah, it, it definitely cultivates a, you know, a different level of angler, I would say for sure. Cause you got, you got to look outside the box every day. Yeah. It makes me think of like, I did some stuff with Mike Gopheron. He used to travel with a buddy of mine from back here and, uh, some of the stuff he'd go look at and practice i'm like what you know living on on places that like i've fished my whole life and i'm like what but but that's right. again you know that's that's how you win and that's that's also how you fall on your face but that's also how you win and you, you know you 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 get that stuff that you have to yourself right oh definitely i mean one of my favorite spots on Winnebago is about 15 feet off a shoreline and I pitch up underneath a dock to catch walleyes. Like, I mean, it's straight dock pitching for walleyes and there's big ones there. Like there's 22, 23, 24 inches, which from the Winnebago system is good fish. I mean, most days on Winnebago, if you can put together a 19 inch fish limit, like you're going to be sitting really good in a tournament for sure. Like it just, it doesn't have the big fish like it did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, it's seen just an unbelievable amount of pressure the last several years. We actually just went to a three fish limit now um, on the system. There's still no size limit out there, but they dropped it from five fish a day to three. So we'll see if that does some, does some good for the system and maybe helps the size a little bit, but we'll find out soon. I hope, I hope it brings it back. I mean, I remember stories my dad told me of back in, you know, the seventies and eighties when they were catching fish out there, that it was just insane. And part of the reason why they're not there is because they kept them all and brought them home and had fish fries. But, you know, it, you know, as conservation and that stuff has become more aware, you know, most of us who are fishing that system regularly are throwing the, you know, 18 plus inch fish back pretty regularly because those are mainly your spawning fish and they're all 18 plus, which, probably sounds really weird to you coming from Erie where your 18 to 23 inches are all males and everything else is a female. Well, but. and you know, it's just funny cause I take a lot of shit and you know, like just the other day I, and then I take shit both ways. It's just kind of funny because that guy that caught that giant, you know, I kind of said to him, you know, it's his fish. It's on a guide trip, right? Right. We, most of my guys, as they've been with me a long time, like that guy was a guest of a guy who's fished with me for a long time. Uh, you know, it, it's his call. You know, it's one of my other guides. He's dealing with the stuff there. But I kind of said, man, this is take a picture or put on or put it on a wall deal. You know, like, I mean, you know, let it go. Right. And it's just funny because, you know, you look at comments and stuff and producer dude always is showing me the comments. And it's like I literally get shit for doing a release video. People are like, eh, wh what are you saying? We got to release all our fish. Like me just releasing a fish. And, and right. you'll, you'll learn if you already have it. I mean, you don't even have to fish to know social media is just a bunch of keyboard commandos. But but then oh, on the flip yeah. side of it, you know, I probably release, I don't know, hundreds of trophy fish every year on my trips, which I don't know anybody else that does that here guide-wise. And like here a guy keeps a fish of a lifetime. And it's like, man, I got no problem with that. I really do. Right. 
Right. I'm the same way. I mean, I, I, I mean, part of it's understanding the ecosystem. I think, I think a lot of guys are really misinformed about what, like what's going on out there. And like, for example, like green Bay is kind of what I would consider home body water. It's, it's basically my favorite body of water. One of them at least. Um, and out there, like, you know, we have a ton of fish that are 28 inches and up, but all the studies that have come out through the DNR and the biologists basically state that those fish that are 28 and over, they're not really benefiting the ecosystem as much as say like the 22 to 25 inch females are like those fish, their eggs have a higher survival rate, um, to get to like hatching. And then they actually have those uh, fry that do hatch actually have a better survival rate and are healthier to then reach fingerling and so on down the road. So like you get a ton of guys where, you know, they want you throwing all the really big fish back when, you know, really those fish aren't really benefiting the ecosystem in the way that like those smaller fish that a lot of guys are still keeping are. So like, you'll never get past that. I mean, there's so many guys and you know, that, like you said, keyboard warriors, they're willing to, you know, they'll sling it out when they're on the other side of a screen kind of thing, but they'll say it to your face ever. I'll tell you that. So like high school age or whatever, I mean, I know you've been fishing just like me since you were younger, but obviously when people say they go fishing, you, you internally got to roll your eyes sometimes. Cause like they're, you're thinking of some dude with a 40 ounce and he's, you know, bobber and worm. And you're like, no dude, like I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm into this. I'm here dark to dark. Were you super competitive and like into sports? Is that how this thing started before fishing or were you? Um, kind of like, I mean, I was always competitive. I never really got into like team sports. Um, I just, I don't know. I would always get frustrated. You, you know, you always felt like it wasn't your fault that you lost in like a team sport, like, cause it was obviously a group effort. So like the team lost kind of thing. So you like, yeah, you could go over what you did wrong, but you could never really, you know, put a finger on like, Oh, well, if I would have done this differently, the whole outcome would have changed. So like, I, I did track and I, I was very competitive in like track and field and uh, cross country and stuff like that. So like, I, I would say the competitive aspect really came from honestly, every single day we went fishing with my dad and grandpa was a tournament. Like they made it like fun. Like for us as kids, like it was always kind of about, okay, well, who's caught the biggest fish for the day kind of thing. So like, I would say that's where we got, I mean, every time we went out, it was, it was, I did not want to get beat by my dad or grandpa and whoever else was with us. I didn't want to get beat by them either. And, you know, I, I would just try to absorb as much knowledge as I could. I mean, I read so many articles on fishing. Like my dad used to have, you know, like laundry tote sized tubs just filled to the top with in fisherman magazines from like, 1970s all the way on and i've read probably almost every article of in fisherman since probably i would say 75 to 76 all the way to the present like i i don't think i've missed an article on fishing in in fisherman and probably yeah 30 years worth of time frame 40 years worth of time frame and i'm 25 so like you know that's huge getting the knowledge you know i've read Al Winder, you know, Dean Arnoldson, Kimos, Kavayas, Parsons, Spring. Like, I've read every Pro- single... Producer, dude, he hasn't uh, said anything of me yet. 
Have you noticed that? Well, no, I don't read your stuff. I just watch you. I'm impressed that he, he when he talked about the year that in Fisherman, like he was talking, I got all the episodes or all the magazines from, and he, and he named the year that in Fisherman magazine started. I know. Like, well, 1975. Like he, he knew that. Yeah. We know those guys. I mean, and I, I think I started writing for him in 98, maybe. Something like that. So there's a few in there I, if you I want to back you I, I almost would guarantee you I've re- read one of your articles. It's honestly think, not very I memorable. I see it, but I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. Yep, that's typical. That's typical I, well, of Ross's no, writing. It was, it's, <laughs> it's making me look bad. But, like, no, it's not that I wouldn't. I mean, the only reason why backpedaling, I know backpedaling. those guys' names is now. Like, I didn't even realize who was writing it back then. Like, when I was 10 years old, pouring over these magazines, like, I didn't know who was writing them. I was just reading and just the info. How did you actually make that jump to fish tournaments? Because I think most people guiding in tournaments, that that's kind of their jump when they say, hey, I, I don't really want to clock in at a job. You know, I don't want to frame in houses or whatever it is. So... But doing it and being successful is two different things. But what was that thing? Like, how, how did the first tournament happen? Um, so I want to say, I don't even remember what year it was. Probably six years ago, a buddy of mine picked up a boat. And he, he's kind of a salmon guy. Um, but he asked me, he was like, hey, do you want to jump into a couple of uh, walleye tournaments? So we did like a small shop tournament in the spring of that year. I think we did three that year. We did a small shop turn. We did two out of his shop. And then we did uh, the battle on Bago was kind of the one that really kind of hooked me. I would say um, the first, the two shop tournaments were like 20 boat fields, nothing special. Um, but we actually did pretty good. We took like a fourth and an eighth or something like that out of 20. So we were kind of like big head thinking we're all tough guy, you know, 18 years old or whatever we were at the time thinking we're top shit kind of thing. And, uh, but then we went into battle on Bago eyes opened like, Holy cow, 375 boat field. This is a little bit more big time league here. And we took a hundred 120th or something like that, that first year. And, um, I decided, you know, at the end of that year, I, I was like, all right, it's, I got to get a boat. I got to do something. So started shopping around, found the boat I have um, that I've ran for like the last four years, basically, or five years. And uh, picked her up that fall in September, started breaking her in, started exploring some more, doing some more, you know, traveling a little bit more. I'd never really, I'd, I'd always gone like up north to northern Wisconsin where my grandparents are from and fished like the local lakes up there. But I started, you know, fishing a little bit more on Winnebago, 